am so thankful, so blessed that God called me into the ministry. I, uh, when we got to go to Ireland and our, our friends, the Bairds, they called and said, hey, would you mind preaching Sunday morning? I was so excited that they asked me to preach and just so thankful for the great things that God did in that church that morning. We, had, we saw 10 kids saved for the first time salvations. And, and, and this, you have to understand that Ireland, um, Ireland is not a churched country. These kids, they don't, the ones that go to Mass, go to Mass, but evangelical churches over there, non-Catholic churches, are, they're, they're, they're not on every corner like they are here. I mean, there's what, 21 churches between 418 and, and, and Fred Elementary, just on the highway, not to mention in the woods. It's not like that over there. It's not like that at all. And for 10 kids to hear the story of Christ and give their heart to the Lord and want to say a sinner's prayer and, and ask the Lord into their heart was almost unbelievable. So we praise God for that opportunity, and I'm so thankful that God called me into the ministry and has allowed me to preach. And so tonight, if you would, uh, stand with me for just a moment, and let's turn to Romans chapter 12. I'm going to read there real quick, and then we're going to bounce over to Leviticus. I don't know that I've ever preached out of Leviticus, but I will tonight. Romans chapter 12. As a matter of fact, this was my text in Ireland, as a matter of fact. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Real quickly, he says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Turn with me now, if you would, to the book of Leviticus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, the book of the law. And we're going to go to chapter 6 here for just a moment. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 8. Leviticus 6, 8. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus and the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Command Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the law of the burnt offering. It is the burnt offering because of the burning upon the altar all, all night unto the morning, and the fire of the altar shall be burning it. And the priest shall put on his linen garment and his linen breeches, shall he take upon his flesh, and take up the ashes which the fire has consumed with the burnt offering on the altar, and shall put them beside the altar, and he shall put off his garments and put on other garments and carry forth the ashes without the camp into a clean place. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning on it. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood upon it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereof the fat of the peace offerings. And the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God, for the opportunity, Lord, to preach, Father God, Thank you, Lord God, for the sermon, Father God. Thank you, Lord God, for the direction. And God, I pray tonight, Father God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Help my mind, O God, to be your mind, O God, and my mouth to be your mouth, O God. And let me be anointed of you, God, that I might speak to this people, Lord God, as spirit to spirit. Father God, let your glory touch their lives, their hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Man, you may be seated. I want to talk to you tonight about a reasonable service. 
a reasonable service. God is not unreasonable, but he calls us to a reasonable service. He said in Romans, the first chapter I read to you, he said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Once you get saved, once you accept Christ as your Savior, once you put off the old man with its sinful nature, you follow the Lord in water baptism to demonstrate the death, burial, and resurrection, you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. His blood washes away our sin. His, his baptism demonstrates to us what we've done. And once you do that, then you're a new creature in Christ. You have made a public profession of your faith and now there is a reasonable service for you to accomplish. It do, you don't get saved just so you can come to church, pay your tithe, and sit on the pew. I said you don't get saved just so you can come to church, sit on the pew, and pay your tithes. There is a reasonable service for you to accomplish. Jesus gives a parable. He tells it in two different ways. One of the ways he tells it is he says there was a king who had three servants, and he gave them each an offering. He gave one of them five talents, he gave one of them two talents, and he gave one of them one talent. And he said, occupy till I come. And the one that had five gained five. You remember this story? The one that had two gained two. The one that had one buried it, didn't do anything with it said, here's your talent back. I didn't do anything with it. And the Lord called him an unprofitable servant and cast him out. Because when you get saved and you begin to follow Christ, then there is a reasonable service that you are to accomplish. It's, it's not reasonable for you not to ever grow in the Lord. Any more than it's reasonable for someone to still be wearing a diaper when they're 21 years old and sucking a pacifier. That's not reasonable. When, you, when you're a child, you act as a child. But there comes a day when you become a man and you put away childish things. Any man that's still playing with childish toys is, is, is considered strange. It's not reasonable. And for you to get saved and never move forward in God, never accomplish a reasonable service in God will be something that causes you to be in danger when the rapture occurs because the one that had one and did nothing with it, God called him unprofitable. There's a story in your Bible about a man who has a vineyard and he, and he has a, a plant there that's not producing. And he says, cut it down. Why does it cumber the ground? And a man says, let me fertilize it and work with it and then if it doesn't grow, then cut it down. God expects us to accomplish a reasonable service in his kingdom. Not just to come to church to say we've come to church. He expects us to be a light in a lost and dying world. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, if the salt has lost its savor, if you're not excited about the things of God and you've lost your excitement, you've lost your Savior, he said it's profitable for nothing but to be cast out and trampled underfoot by the, by the animals. God has a reasonable service. 
And tonight, for a few minutes, I want to talk to you about that reasonable service. Here's the story in Leviticus 6 of Aaron and his sons, the law of the burnt offering. This was the offering that was to continually be burning before the Lord. Number one is the fire was to never go out. Number one, the fire was to never go out. Your first reasonable service is to maintain the fire of God in your soul. That is your first reasonable service, is to make sure that you stay excited about the things of God. I don't mean you have to be all giddy, but I do mean that you need to be excited about what God's doing. You need to be able to speak about Jesus. You need to be able to make him part of your conversation. He needs to be something that's continually working in you. Every now and then you should utter an hallelujah or praise the Lord. Just every now and then, I'm not saying you got to go around all the time, but I am saying this, there should be some source of excitement in your soul. When the Lord saved me, he separated me from the things of this world. When he cleansed me, when he delivered me, when he touched me, my God, that's something I should be able to get excited about. And if I ever get to where I'm not excited about it, then something's wrong, the fire's gone out, and it's my reasonable service to keep that fire stoked in my spirit. That's reasonable. That's reasonable. You know, in order to try to increase everybody's attention in football, we've got now to where we have fantasy football clubs where people who probably, some, some of them have never played football, don't know anything about football, but know enough to be able to put together a team and put together stats. They, they do that. Why? So that people will maintain an interest in the game. They feel like they're out there coaching this imaginary team are y'all familiar with this? You know what I'm talking about, right? Fantasy football, where they, they, they put together these imaginary teams and they trade players and they, it's, it's, like they're, it's like they're the general manager and they're running the team and they, they keep scores and they have leagues and, and the league winner wins something and it keeps an excitement going about football, keeps an excitement going about a sport, keeps an excitement, keeps you involved in it, keeps you doing something because they want to keep that fire burning in your soul so you'll buy more stuff, so you'll spend more money, so you'll support their teams better. Well, I want to tell you, you. It's the same thing with God. We, we have to keep that fire burning in our soul. It's important that you come down here and tell people what God's done in your spirit. It's important that you tell people this morning, God touched me. Hallelujah. God, God's protected my kids. God sent me through a hard time, but he brought me out on top because I'm going to tell you something, church. If you don't give God the credit God deserves, then it won't be very long till you'll be taking the credit for it. It won't be very long till you decided you had something to do with that. I heard a man say one time, if you stay at a prayer meeting long enough, you'll wonder why you ever wanted to have one anyway. If you stay at a church on Sunday night long enough, you'll wonder why you ever went to begin with. If you don't come to church on Wednesday night and, and you come in here and you just sit and you just listen and you don't ever participate, you'll wonder why you ever came. Why? Because the excitement's gone. You let the fire go out. I'm telling you, if you're in a marriage and you don't, you don't, you don't keep that fire going between you and your wife or your husband, you won't make, you won't make 17 years. You, you won't make it. Because when that fire goes out in that relationship, then I'm telling you, I'm a load for Kathy whenever she loses her love for me. I, 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 can be, I can be a lot of trouble 
But as long as she loves me and as long as she keeps, keeps me under control, keeps a fire burning in our souls, we keep dating and loving each other, then we're willing to put up with, forbear one another. Why? Because the excitement's still there. The love's still there. The joy's still there. We've been empty nested now for about 17 or 18 or 20 years. I don't know how long. And I'm telling you, because of the love between us, I love my kids to come and visit me. But after about four days, I don't mind seeing taillights either. And it's not because I don't love them. And it's not because I don't want them to come. And it's not because I don't enjoy their visit. It's, 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 it's because I'm, 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 I'm with my investment. I, we keep the, the love life burning. We keep the excitement going. We keep that going. We work at it. And if you're going to serve God and have him be the love of your life, you're going to have to work at it. You're going to have to keep that fire burning. You're going to have to give him credit. When credit is due, you're going to have to lean on him and talk with him and let him be a part of your life because if you don't, you'll let that fire go out and your first reasonable service is to keep the fire burning. Your second reasonable service is to make sure that you sacrifice the fat. Know what he said? Let me read it to you. And the fire upon the altar shall be burning it. It shall not put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offering in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offering. Now, you read all these offerings if you want to when you get home tonight. All these peace offerings, trespass offerings, uh, free will offerings, uh, atonement offerings. You read all of those offerings. And every offering, what you're going to find out is they cut that fat out. That fat doesn't go with everything else. That fat's cut out. And what they do with that fat is they burn that fat first. You know why they burn the fat first? The same reason you like bacon. Now, not, not turkey bacon. Nobody likes that stuff. I'm playing. I'm just playing. <laughs> but pig bacon, you like it, first of all, because when it's cooking, you smell that bacon. Bacon smells so good that it is the only food in existence that applauds itself as it's cooking. <laughs> what we call applause is nothing more than that fat sizzling on that stove. And whenever you take the fat of something and you put it up on that flame, that fat sizzles, it pops, it puts off a nice smelling aroma, and every now and then, that grease from that fat will drop down on top of that burning coals and that fire will shoot up. Have you ever seen that happen? That, 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 that fat falls down there and that fire shoots up and it flames up and, and, and that's what fat does. And whenever the, those priests put that fat upon that altar, they begin, the Bible says that they gave a sweet smelling savor as unto the Lord. You've got to keep that fire burning. Not only do you keep it burning, but you make sure that every now and then you put a little fat on there. What does that mean, Pastor? Put a little fat on there. What are you talking about? 
I'm talking about every now and then you let the Holy Spirit flood your soul. Every now and then you can. <laughs> every now and then you let the Holy Spirit just kind of come in and, and, and kind of, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? Where it kind of comes in, you kind of say, oh my God, Woo. I feel those Holy Ghost things running up and down my spine. Now you can stop that. You know, you're a free will creature. You can say, oh, no, I'm, I'm, that's, 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 that's emotionalism. I'm not going to do that. But I'm telling you, if you let that fire burn and let it sizzle a little bit and let your experience with God begin to pop a little bit and begin to put off a little sweet-smelling savor as under the Lord and every now and then let that fat drop down on that fire that you've kept burning and let it pop up to where you maybe give a little shout or a little jump or you feel a little prayer wheel turning and a little fire burning in your soul. My Lord, this is an emotional thing we're doing. God gave me these emotions. He expects me to use them. He's not offended if I jump a little bit in his presence. He's not offended if I dance a little bit in his presence. He's not offended if I, if I give a little shout in the car because some song has touched my soul. He's not offended if I allow the Holy Spirit to, to to, to cause me to weep before the Lord or cry before the Lord or lift my hands and say, glory to God, hallelujah, my God reigns. Let that fire burn that fat a little bit and let it sizzle in your soul and let it drop down and shoot that fire up into your spirit. Let the fat have its thing. Whenever God's talking to John in the book of Revelation, I think it's about chapter 12. He's got, the, he's got the book in his hand. He's opened the seals of the book, and he's got this book, and he tells John to eat it. He says, eat this book. And he tells John something interesting. He tells him, it'll be sweet in your mouth like honey, but it'll make your belly bitter. He tells one of the other prophets that too. I think it's Jeremiah, but it might be in Ezekiel. I'm, I may have him confused there. He tells him the same thing. And I've wondered about that. And I wondered about this fat. But one day the Lord put it all together for me. One day the Lord put it all together. Because he told him, it'll be sweet in your mouth. And when God gives you a promise, or when God just pops up something in your soul, or whenever you're driving down the road and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit fills the cab while you're listening to worship music, or whenever you're at work and you're, you're, you're doing something and all of a sudden the, something just begins to flow through you and you begin to get excited about the power of the, you begin to say, praise God, I'm saved. Praise God, I don't do that anymore. Praise God, you set me free. You know what that is? That's that fat popping and burning and sizzling in your soul on the fire that you've kept going. Why? Because that's your reasonable service to keep the fire going and now that fat's burning on that thing and that is sweet in your mouth. Just like that book that, that John ate, Oh, it was sweet in here into your mouth. And whenever the Lord lays something, when he gives you a shout, when he gives you a promise, when he, when he begins to make things come together, when you begin to start understanding something that you've thought about for a long time, and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit starts to unfold it, oh, buddy, that's sweet in your mouth. <laughs> you, you must not know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Woo! My God! <laughs> Oh, when, when he's giving you a promise and you start to see it come together, mm, that's sweet. That's sweet. That's good. That's good. And, and, and to, to let that fat burn, to let that sweet be in your mouth, 
to enjoy the blessings of the Lord. Nehemiah 8.10 says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. You know, are you familiar with that scripture? The joy of the Lord is my strength. But right before that, he says this, eat the fat and drink the sweet because the joy of the Lord is my strength. Enjoy the blessings of God. Enjoy the things that... Realize that it's God that's made us, that not we ourselves. It's your reasonable service to allow the fat of praise and the fat of thanksgiving and the fat of the overwhelming blessings of God. It's, it's your reasonable service to relive them and let them once again burn on that fire that you've kept burning. It's, it's reasonable service to allow the presence of the Lord to, to overflow your cup. We used to have a pastor who said, let the Lord, come back tonight and let the Lord, he's filled your cup this morning, so let the Lord come tonight so you can sip from the saucer. Now, for you young people that don't know what a saucer is, that's what you used to put underneath the cup, so if your cup overflowed, it would land in your saucer and not on your tablecloth. The tablecloth is what you put on top of a table. In case you didn't know. Kathy's grandpa used to take a really hot, hot coffee and he would pour it in that saucer and he'd blow it till he got it right. Then he'd sip from that saucer. I'm telling you, there's a lot of sip, sipping from saucers that we could be doing. There's, there's a lot of, instead of looking and telling me what's wrong, why don't you look and tell me what's right? Instead of complaining because you hadn't got this from God, why don't you begin to thank Him for what you do have? Instead of saying, God, I don't know why you haven't answered this prayer, begin to let the fat burn and begin to thank Him for what He has done. You'll find out if you burn that fat, it's a lot better than to, not, than to, not, than to keep the fat over there in the, in the bucket. Let it, let it get on the fire that you've kept kindled. Let, let, that, let that fire begin to let that fat sizzle. Let that sweet-smelling savor go up as unto the Lord. Let that fat drip down every now and then and flash that fire back up. And I'm telling you, it'll keep the excitement of serving the God rich and real in your soul. You won't have near as much trouble keeping that fire stoked if you let the fat get on the fire once in a while and let the glory of the Lord flood your soul. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah. My God, hallelujah. Let him set your feet to dancing, my God. I know some of you used to like to dance. I know you did because I've, I've watched you. You've got rhythm. You, you can do all that stuff. You, you, you're good at it. You're good at it. You, you really, some of you are really good at it. But I want to let you know there's a partner you can still dance with. Whoo, Hallelujah. There's a, there's a God that's, that's not offended if you want to. Now, I'm not talking about forming a line and doing a two-step. I'm not talking about that. I don't do that. I'm talking about dancing as before the Lord, like David danced before the Lord, to where you're just beside yourself. You're so overflowed with blessing that you're just worshiping and praising God, and you're just, you're just overflowed by everything that he's done for you. You know, Mike and Brenda took separate vacations last week. They took separate vacations. Brenda went to Ireland and Mike went to the beach. Now they weren't mad at each other. But the beauty of that, 
Let me tell you the beauty of that is that one night I came up here and I preached on the book of Ruth. And after church that night, Brenda was standing right here. And I came to her and she had tears that had come down her face and they were on her shirt, had dripped off her chin, still had tears on her face, dried on her, on her shirt. And I walked up to her and she said, you settled it for me tonight. I said, I did. She said, yes. I ought to get you to tell it because I'm fixing to get it confused. W would you mind doing that? Wait, 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 wait. I want you to tell it because you, I'm a, I'm a, I, I, just, I just went blank and I know I'm going to get it messed up. So you tell it. So uh, when we first, you know, when Brother Scott came to us and first asked, you know, about the mission trip, I said, yes, we'll go. I said, I'll go. Um, and God laid Ruth 1.16 on my heart. You know, where you go, I go. Where you stay, I stay. Well, when everything happened with Vietnam, you know, I was devastated. I was, I was upset. I was like, oh, man, I, I don't, what, what are you going to do now? What are we going to do now, Lord? And, you know, he, we, Lord, led Brother Scott for us to go to Ireland. And I was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. I don't know about that. I still feel like I should be going somewhere else, not Ireland. Um, and I told the Lord, I was like, you know, you, you gave me that verse. I said, I tell you what, Lord, I said, if you give me that verse, if you say that verse to me, I will go. And, you know, he had already given it to me, but I was being stubborn. I was being, you know, in the flesh. It's like, no, you have to say it to me. You have to say it to me. That very night I came, and it was a struggle getting here to church that night. I came, and <laughs> the first verse that he said is, I'm going to preach out of Ruth 1.16. I knew right then that God said, you're going, and this is what I want you to do. And she sacrificed a vacation with her family to go to Ireland to minister to people and kids that she didn't know and allow the Holy Spirit to use her because God laid that on her heart. That's, that's a fat. You just saw some fat there burning on an altar. Did you see the tears flowing? Did you see the presence of the Lord there? That's your reasonable service. That's your reasonable service to keep that alive. It's your reasonable service to keep it moving in your soul. It's your reasonable service to keep the fire burning on the altar. It's the reasonable service to allow your God to work on your emotions and to move your spirit. It's a reasonable service to call those things that are not as though they were so that God gets glory even when you don't see it happening. It's your reasonable service to praise him when you don't see it coming to pass but know that he's doing it. You praise him. You worship him. Why? Because that's the fat. Woo! That's the thing that makes it sweet. It's the fat that burns on the altar. And it's your reasonable service to present that fat as unto the Lord. The last thing tonight that I want to show you from that passage, that's your reasonable service. <clears throat> Excuse me. Is to remove the ashes and take them to a place outside the camp. That's the last thing the priest did. He removed the ashes. 
So let me ask you tonight, what are ashes? Those are things that won't burn, right? Am I right? Is that what you would call it? I mean, I want to make sure I'm on good ground here. So the ashes, it's our responsibility to remove the ashes. That priest ordered that burnt offering upon that, ta upon that, that brazen altar every day. He would take a lamb in the morning and a lamb in the evening, and that lamb would burn all day. And then he would offer the lamb at the evening sacrifice, and that lamb would burn all night. And then the next morning, he put it on there again. And, he, and, and then that evening, next evening, he put it on there again. And whatever didn't burn ended up in the bottom of that altar as ashes. And it was his responsibility to take those ashes and get them out of that altar and go take them someplace else. And it's our responsibility not only to keep the fire burning, not only to keep the fat upon the altar, not only to, to keep, the, keep the lamb burning, not only to keep those things going, but it's our responsibility to take those things that won't burn, those things that can't be offered up unto the Lord because they won't burn. Are you hearing me? Those things that can't be offered up to the Lord because they won't burn. It's our responsibility to keep those things out of that brazen altar and away from that fire. Because what happens if you let a bunch of ashes set on a fire? The fire goes out. You've got to keep those ashes cleaned out. And those ashes may be envy. It may be strife. It may be something that God's dealt with you about. It's my responsibility, if God deals with me about something, it's my responsibility to make sure that those ashes of the flesh don't stay on that fire and put that fire out. Like we were talking about tonight. There's some people that want to keep hold of something in their life and they don't want to release it. They, they don't want to let it go. They, maybe they don't see anything wrong with it. I don't know what it might be. We're just... You can pick any, you can pick your pet thing. What is this pick your pet thing night? Pick your pet thing. And some people will not surrender that to God. They will not. And whenever you see them down here in the altar when a service like today was going on and the power of God's moving and people are being filled and touched and ministered to, you see some people now and again that you see the Lord moving on them, you see the Lord, uh, he's, he's on them, the power of God's on them, you see them as they, they're, they're getting to that point where they're about to have their breakthrough and all of a sudden, There was a gentleman here at this church that for a long time came down here to be filled with the Holy Spirit. He came every time we made an altar call about being filled. He came every time. And one night I was praying for him, and I felt the power of God come on me, come on him. I saw his, this is old school, but I saw his jaw start to quiver. I could tell he was about to, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And I said, I said, speak it out, brother. Just let it flow. And as soon as I said that, he shut his lips, quit, stopped, and stood there and waited for the moment to pass and then began to worship again. I don't know why he did that. I saw him do it more than once. 
I don't know why he did that. But you know, there's people that come to church, people that come to this church, that I see the God moving on them. I see the Holy Spirit touching them. I, I, in the service, whenever the power of God is moving, I see them with their hands lifted. I see them, I see them get to the point to where you think that God's fixing to do something great in their life, and all of a sudden, they stop. They don't want to remove those ashes. They don't want to give that thing up and remove those ashes, that stuff that can't be burned because it's not an acceptable offering as under the Lord and, it, and it's not going to be burned and it's never going to be right and you're never going to be able to get rid of it until you learn how to remove the ashes. But once you remove the ashes, then you figure out what God is doing. You figure out how God is changing things. But until you learn how to remove the ashes, some people thrive some people thrive on something that happened to them a long time ago where they were hurt. They thrive on that. And whenever they start to testify, they testify about the goodness of the Lord to, the, to a point and then they'll start saying, well, you know, 25 years ago, I got hurt in this situation and it's just always affected me and that's ashes. You've got to get through that. You can't be a dog that's continually eating its own vomit and expect God to help you get rid of the vomit whenever you're thriving on eating it. Isn't that pretty? You can't be a, you can't be a pig that loves to wallow in the mire and have God clean you up and set your feet on solid ground and you start talking about how you used to like to wallow in the mire because before long you'll be right back in the mud. Why? Because it's ashes and you've got to get rid of the ashes. You have to keep the fire burning. You have to let the fat be sacrificed. You've got to keep a lamb on the altar and you've got to get rid of the ashes. That is your reasonable service. And if you're not willing to remove those ashes, and give God every portion of your life. Then I don't know what percent of the time, but I'm going to say a very high percent of the time. I'm fixing to say something now, and I, and I hope I'm not offensive. I, I'm, I'm probably going to be. I, I know, I, matter of fact, I know I'm fixing to be. I know I am. But, but, but I want to tell you something tonight, and, and you can judge me for it later. But when you tell me you're a Christian, when you tell me that you're in the ministry, and you tell me you're serving God, and I see you on a cruise, and you're advertising the fact that you're drinking daiquiris and martinis, and you're putting your picture unashamedly on Facebook with it, like it's some big deal, and you're talking about how you're enjoying it, I'm telling you, that's ashes. That's ashes. And I don't, I don't care if you can raise the dead. I don't care if you can raise the dead. You let those ashes keep going there, and it won't be long till you'll be looking at somebody else's wife. It won't be long till you'll be in bed with somebody else's husband. It won't be too long till those ashes will put your fire out and you'll wonder what was such a big deal about it anyway, and the next thing you know, your fire's gone dark 
and you're wondering why you, why you wanted to burn fat on the thing anyway, you quit putting the lamb on there a long time ago because the ashes had got your fire out. And if you don't deal with that stuff, I'm telling you, if you say, well, I'm free to live this way, I'm telling you, it's still a holy God. It's still a straight and narrow path. There's not a super highway that God decided he suddenly put in here. And I'm going to tell you, I've seen people that have held back from God and held back from God and won't surrender. They get to that point, but then they shut their mouth. They won't be a part of it. And now if you look at them, they've gone back to where they were. That sow's back wallowing in the mud again. They're out eating vomit again. Why? Because those ashes will put your fire out. Do you hear me? Those ashes will put your fire out. God called us to remove those ashes and he called it your reasonable service. So tonight, we have a reasonable service. God has given us something that's reasonable to do. It's not unreasonable for God to expect you to keep your fire burning in your soul. And while I'm talking, let me just tell you that unless you're a child or you're an invalid, it's not my responsibility to keep your fire stoked. Unless you're an invalid or you're a child, if you're a grown-up, then you ought to be able to build your own fire. Now, I've got, I've got some responsibility here, but it's not my responsibility to constantly keep your fire going. Whenever we first came here, and I know you've been sitting a while, but I told you I'm going to watch night service anyway, so. When we first came here and somebody went in the hospital, I called them. I was working in Beaumont at the time. I'd call them, I'd check on them, I'd go by there maybe a couple of times. And one day I picked the phone up to call somebody that was in the hospital for about the third time. And the Holy Spirit stopped me and said, if you keep trying to be Jesus, they're not ever going to grow up. You've got to quit being Jesus. You've got to let them call on me instead of them calling on you. Now, I'm not, I'm, do you understand what I'm saying there? I, I want you to call on me if you're sick, if you're in the hospital, if you need Kathy or I, then we want you to call on us. But for, but for me to constantly be checking on you and constantly helping you and constantly praying with you and constantly counseling with you, that, that's not helping you because I'm a man. He's got, he can solve the problem. I can give you advice. I can give you a direction, but only God's going to solve the problem. Only God can do that. So what I'm telling you tonight is keep your fire burning. That's your reasonable service. Keep your testimony going. Keep the sweetness of the relationship between you and God going. Let that fat sizzle, pop, and burn on your altar. We didn't talk about the lamb. I think you already know that. But it's your responsibility to keep your life pure. I think you know that. And the last thing is keep those ashes out of that altar. When God deals with you about something, get rid of it. Don't sit there and play with it. Don't sit there and let those ashes pile up because they will put your fire out. And when God gives you something like that, deal with it. Take it away. Give it up. Walk away from it. One of my favorite testimony stories, and I'm closing now. <laughs> I know you're happy. One of my favorite testimony stories is with Danny Friedu. 
He's, they're not here tonight, but one of my favorite stories. Danny said hadn't been saved very long, and he had Fridays off. So while Casey and everybody was at school, he had his Friday off. And he said he always used his Friday morning to read the word of the Lord and to pray and just had the whole house to himself. So he'd get up in the morning, and he, he would get a dip, and he would go in there and read the word of the Lord. Well, one morning when he was in there reading, the Lord said, you need to get rid of that. And he said, why? <laughs> he said, because you need to get rid of it. I want you to get rid of it. So he, he, he didn't for a while. He, he just kept doing it, even though the Lord was dealing with him about it. And so one day he got up, and, and he, it, it, was, it felt like an urgent thing he needed to do. And, and so he, he spit it out. Well, the next morning he got up and he put it back in. And he spit it out, put it back in, spit it out. So one morning he's driving to work and he says, Lord, if you'll just, if you'll just speak to me one more time, I'll, I'll be done with this. And he got to the red light right there at 418. And the Lord said, I've already told you about it a bunch of times. I don't have to keep dealing with you. If you don't, if you don't want to grow in me, then you just keep it in your mouth. He said, he opened the door and spit it out. Never, never got it again. The ashes. For him, for him, I'm not trying to preach clothesline stuff here. I'm just telling you for him, that was something he needed to get rid of. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And when God lays it upon your heart to get rid of those ashes, then get rid of the ashes. That's the only way you'll keep your fire burning. All right, I've talked long enough. Stand with me tonight if you would. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. There's an old song that says, Sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. My rest is complete, dead at your feet, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul, sweep over my soul, sweet spirit, sweep over my soul. My rest is complete while I sit at your feet. Sweet Spirit, sweep over my soul. One more time. Sweep over my soul. Sweep over my soul. Sweet Spirit, sweep over my soul. 
My rest is complete while I sit at your feet. Sweet Spirit, sweep over my soul. Hallelujah. 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 In closing tonight, I feel like that the Lord may touch some portion of your walk with Him. Maybe you need to improve your fire. Maybe you need to practice more of letting the fat burn on the fire. Maybe you need to do a better job of keeping the lamb on the altar. Maybe you need to do a better job of removing the ashes. So tonight as we close, I want you just for just a moment to just pray and ask the Lord, God, help me in this area. God, help me to do my reasonable service. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we pray, Almighty God, that your Holy Spirit, Father, would help us tonight, God. Lord God, I feel tonight, Lord God, that you've revealed some things in our lives, O God, and I pray, Almighty God, that you would help us, O God, that you would help us, O God, to cause those things, O God, that you've revealed, O Lord God, to be dealt with, Father God. For, Lord God, if we don't deal with them, God, they simply become ash, O God, and they drown out our fire. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Is there, if there's others tonight that want to come stand down here tonight with Brother Tim, some of you would like to come stand with him tonight as we, as we continue to worship the Lord here for just a moment. Hallelujah. Huh? Okay. There you go. Lord delayed on me since the beginning of service tonight. Gotta hold it up. Lord laid it on me. Can everybody see the crown on top of the cross? Can everybody see it? Yeah. You know it's there. Do we all know why it's there? I ask you to try. There's been a lot of movies, movies that I couldn't even watch because I was so ashamed of how we treated our Savior. I still haven't watched them all. Well, watched one complete. But in our imaginations, can we put a head underneath that crown? Our Father's head. And I ask you, if, if you can put a head on him, can you, put your, can you put his arms out there and just visualize his arms hanging up there? Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And if we can get that far, then we can bring his legs down to the bottom of this cross. And to look at that cross, with that thorns on the top of that cross, and a man nailed to it and his father his father God letting people crucify his son when we wouldn't stand to have our own son but it was God on that cross 
for us. I can't believe that we hung him on a cross. And he would turn around and say, forgive them. They know not what they do. And he has forgiven us of our sins, washed us into the blood, and he's going to take us to the kingdom that we can't even imagine. But I want you all to get this blessing that he's given to each one of us right now and realize that he is our Savior. Praise God. His Father and the Holy Ghost is going to bless every one of us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If anybody needs prayer tonight, we'll pray before we go. Amen. All right. Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God, for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Thank you, Lord God, for our reasonable service, Lord. And thank you, Father, for the things that you've done today in this service, God. Thank you for the healings, the deliverances, the baptisms. Thank you, Lord God, for your blessings, O God. And now we pray, O God, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, God. Lord, let your Holy Spirit lead us and guide us throughout this week, O God. And may your Holy Spirit, God, cause us to put the fat upon the offering, Lord God. Cause us, O God, to keep the fire burning. Cause us, Lord God, to want to remove the ashes, God. Everything that would stop that fire, God. Everything that can't be burnt. Everything that can't be destroyed. And Lord God, cause us to keep that lamb of sanctification placed upon that altar, Father, that we might serve you and do our reasonable service unto you. I give you praise for it, God. Bless this congregation. Bless this people, Lord God. Let your Holy Spirit minister to their souls. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. Amen. Have a great week.